Hello, everybody, and welcome to Friends of the Force, a Star Wars podcast. I am your host, Brad Whipple, and this is our interview series from a certain point of view, where we chat with those who create in a galaxy far, far away. On this episode, our guest is an award-winning writer and author of children's books, including her latest project, Never Look Back. Her writing has also appeared in numerous publications, such as the Washington Post and the New York Times. Today, we talk plenty about her latest short story, Beyond the Clouds, which appears in From a Certain Point of View, The Empire Strikes Back, as well as her roots in entertainment journalism and why she's such a huge fan of Rogue One. So without further ado, let's head right over to my interview with author Lilium Rivera. So what I told you was true, from a certain point of view. A certain point of view? Luke, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Super thrilled and honored today to be joined by yet another newcomer to the Star Wars galaxy in terms of publishing. Uh, This is just so exciting. Lilium Rivera, welcome to Friends of the Force and congratulations on writing your first Star Wars. It must be super exciting for you. Oh, it was. And thank you so much for inviting me to, uh, to talk about it. I, um, I, yeah, it was a big deal <laughs> for me, for sure. <laughs> I can't imagine how big of a secret it, it feels like to, to carry that for so long. And then, you know, over the summer reveal, you'd be working on it. Now to have the book out on bookshelves, you know, what's been the initial reaction that you've seen online? What does it feel like to have your, your words on the page and to have your name on the front of a, a Star Wars book? Oh man, it's, it, I, w- I just want to say like when I first got the email asking for me to uh, be a part of it, I think I screamed. <laughs> <laughs> that's the appropriate would, reaction. <laughs> right. I mean, right. That's what people do. And then it was, you know, cause my, it was through my agent. So my agent forwarded to the request and I was just like, oh my God. And, but then, you know, <laughs> that's like over a course of so many months ago. And then I couldn't tell anyone. And, and so then that was really the challenge because I have friends who we talk about, like we've seen the movies, we make a big deal of going to see the recent movies, we, we dissect it, we analyze, <laughs> we argue. <laughs> and so I couldn't even tell them anything until very close to like, okay, it's gonna happen. And then I'm just like, all right, I just need to tell you guys this is happening. And then they're like, what? Like, how, what? Like, you were, <laughs> how dare, like, how can you hold this in for so long? <laughs> and I was just like, I had to, because I don't know what was going to happen. You know, these Star Wars people, they're serious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's so exciting, though, because I, I love from a certain point of view, and I'm glad we've gotten yet another one of these books. And Empire Strikes Back, I think, is, is often you know, renowned as one of the best films of the saga just for for what it did and how it kind of expanded on the first movie. But I want to hear from you. What is your history as a, as a Star Wars fan and how has it influenced you growing up personally or professionally? Yeah, I'm this, um, you know, when Star Wars came out, um, I was I was really young um, when the first Star Wars came out. I was really young, but I remember we, you know, I grew up in the Bronx and you know and we were always broke and poor so we we couldn't go to like big blockbuster movies so then when star wars came out i just remember that feeling of like you know all these other kids talking about it and i was like i don't know what you're talking about and also i'm so sad you know (laughs) because i couldn't you know i couldn't be part i couldn't participate in that wonder until way later 
So when Empire Strikes Back came around, that's when I was, that was the first movie that I was able to see on the big screen. And then I was really in awe of it. So, and if, so it's by far my favorite of the saga because, because of that, right? Because mm -hmm. it was the first time that I was able to really understand what everyone was talking about, what all my friends were talking about. Cause I was like, I don't know what you mean. But I was just like, okay, now I get it and I'm fully invested yeah. <laughs> in this world. So it was a, it's like a big deal for me to be a part of it. And it really is what by far my favorite movie because I, I will re-watch it and re-watch it again because this was it. Like I would watch the first one, Star Wars, and then I'll watch Empire Strikes because it, it's like literally all about it and it's darker. <laughs> yeah we love a darker middle chapter right yeah, you're just like you know it's gonna we we know it's gonna be resolved but right now we don't know so it's just like the tension of it it's by far my favorite and so i i was i'm so happy that i even to get to play around in that world yeah it's it's incredible to see that that was your your first movie going experience with star wars and then now to actually be writing a new original character within that film <laughs> so many years yeah. later it's i i imagine it's almost surreal it's so it's so surreal and just uh, i can't even i think it, the best part about it too was when they made that announcement when we finally were able to show the the table of contents and all the authors, you know, because everyone's like in top secret. So then for me to be able to share this moment with a lot of other Latinx authors who I know and love, um, that to me also made it that much more like a family moment, right? Because mm -hmm. I was like, oh, here I am with, with Daniel Jose Older, with um, Zoraida Cordova, with Marco Shiro, and we're all, you know, I love those guys. And now we're like, oh, we're part of this, you know, and that to me was really kind of very magical for me. Yeah, I remember when you initially tweeted about it, I was reading through some of the comments because that was just such a lovely day to, to go through each of the author's posts and see. And I remember like you and Zoraida kind of freaking out back and forth and people were popping in and you guys were just so excited. And I was like, yes, this is exactly what these projects are for. And like to just bring in new authors and have so many different authors collaborate on this thing and just get so excited over it. It's just so, so refreshing and like very needed in Star Wars, especially because I think for so long, Star Wars was one thing and mm -hmm. now it gets to be an entirely new thing in the, in the Disney, Disney era. And that's just really exciting. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a really, it's quite a moment to be, a, to be a part of it. Cause uh, cause we're all excited. Like I'm excited to see Diego Luna. I'm excited to see Pedro Pascal and all these, you know, film, yes. you know, Mandalorian. So I'm pumped up <laughs> So for <laughs> me to be even in any can anywhere near any of those things yeah. it's like I'm, I'm a part of it i don't care like i'm in the conversation <laughs> listen those those two guys are kind of carrying the the face of the franchise on their backs right now it's it's pretty awesome to see because you know mando and then i imagine the cassian series will come out next and we'll probably have those back to back at some point that's a complete guess Oh my uh, God. I can't and I love both of those imagine. guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll all just be dying because that, that's, <laughs> and that's also the, another movie that I love was Rogue One. Right. And so, yeah. and these are, and it's such a, uh, it was such an, an argument among my friends. Cause they were like, no. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just so funny to be like uh, such big, huge fans of it. And, and also just, to see all these other um, authors who are part of it too, like Charles Yu and these big names that I know so well that um, are being, are able to contribute to this world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you've come so far in your, your writing career, you've 
written plenty, uh, you know, middle grade novels, young adult novels, anthologies. You've written a lot for different publications, which is awesome. I loved reading some of your stuff the last couple of days. What has your career been like as a writer? Like, when did you initially know this was something you wanted to do and get into and, uh, and really invest your, your heart and soul into? Um, well, I started, my background was in journalism first. So I was in entertainment and fashion journalist for a long time. And that's literally how I got, I left New York and moved to LA because I was doing entertainment journalism. And, um, and if you really want to write like science fiction or any kind of uh, speculative world, you just have to be in the entertainment industry because they are literally living in a whole completely different world that's very surreal and very disturbing. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how I started my writing. Like I, I wrote, I've written young adult books and uh, started off with, you know, I've done contemporary and I'm, I've been leaning more into uh, speculative or more magical realism or a little bit of horror. So it's, it was really fun to be able to dig in, into like science fiction, which is another one of my, uh, my favorite things that I like to read. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so it's, you know, it took me a moment because I really was fully into being a journalist. But after a while, I was like, I don't, I didn't enjoy it as much, but I knew in the back of my head, I wanted to be an author. Um, I was just really scared to do it. And so mm -hmm. um, when I overcame, eventually overcame that, that fear slowly. Um, and um, yeah, and it's been great. I love writing books. I love writing um, all kinds of stuff. So I, I try to do as many different things as possible. So it was kind of fun to be able to dig into like science fiction for the, for the first time in, in, a, in a way. Yeah. Do you, do you feel any of those skills that you developed as a journalist? Because it is such a different medium, right? And then going into speculative fiction, I guess what skills have you been able to bring over that allows you to build out these worlds even more that you're writing in and exploring the depth of, of the characters that you're creating? Well, I think it's the same as everything. Like with all my projects is I really rely a lot, hard, a lot on um, research. And um, no matter if it's a contemporary story or, or a retelling of a Greek myth, I, you know, I, really, I really come into any kind of project with this idea of I'm going to research it, I'm going to incorporate some sort of history or folklore that's from, you know, from whatever, you know, Caribbean or, you know, Latin American or whatever it is. So um, those kind of skills, you know, I, I've always come to any project with that, you know, in mind, because to me, that's what I love. <laughs> I love to learn about new things and try to discover new worlds and, and new history, you know, and history that may, may be overlooked. And so coming into um, Empire Strikes Back, it was the same sort of mentality because here was a place, you know, that Cloud City, which is, if you look at the, at the movie, it's, there, it's not hugely, you know, explored. You get like maybe yeah. two or three different places or settings and then that's it. And I was just like, and I was zoom in <laughs> <laughs> countless times to see like, wait, what are they wearing? Like, <laughs> And so it was, um, but it was fun to just even do that. Like just go into the research, even if it was Wiki, Wikipedia or anything. Like I was just like, what, you know, any kind of found illustrations, like what, what are people thinking about? And, and all those things or, or words or slang. <laughs> yeah. It was just so much fun. Like I could really fall deep into that, you know, that black hole of just researching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, let's get right into to your story. So you wrote Beyond the Clouds, which is 
in the later part of the book when we are at Cloud City finally and it follows the character of Isabella who she's a wannabe bounty hunter she loves Boba Fett she's a huge fan of his she's hoping to get her dream meeting with him but you bring up the concept first and foremost of Cloud City and I think that's something unique about your story is it presents a side of this location that we've never seen more of like an almost societal class structure mm. between you know the the lower workers of Bespin maybe the Ugnots you know we see um Ren Ren uh how do you say his name is uh Rencello I think it yes. is <laughs> Ren Recnello yeah. Yes, that's the way I would say it. <laughs> yeah. So we see kind of what he goes through, and then we see the more underground bar uh, gambling scene, like you know Boba Fett's in the room. He's kind of watching all the all the magic happen in there, and then you know Isabella is getting hired to do work and take down some people who don't want to work anymore. And there's this whole workers' revolts, and people they understand that they're the people who run Cloud City, actually, you know. And that was really cool storyline to see, like a worker strike in cloud city during all this chaos why do you feel it was important to introduce that sort of side of cloud city and and something that's kind of almost rooted in our own reality in some ways yeah um well i just kept thinking about this this place where you know lando always you know says that we're able to you know do things that you know detected under radar or whatever you know they're doing like slots you know see these side hustles and deals and and um and he's like and it's and it's cloud city like to me that seems really luxurious in a way but i was just like you know the things that we saw in empire strikes back we were only privy to what han solo and leah were looking at you mm -hmm. know and they were being taken care of in a way lando was really kind of sheltering yeah. where they could go or, you know he was sure pampering them honestly right <laughs> that right? nice like dinner table them, come on he, <laughs> exactly like it was like pampering you know clothes you know, whatever it is but he's just showing a side right and so i just kept thinking like oh who are the people who are serving these <laughs> serving han solo <laughs> and yeah. the food and who are you know who are these people who have to serve all these you know dignitaries who come who show up and um and i am always wondering about that because if you read my books you you know there's always some sort of you know social justice kind of um theme that goes throughout my work and also, and, and it's because, you know, I grew up where I grew up and I'm always super aware of who, you know, these ideas of like, you know, class issues and race and, um, and capitalism, and all those big things. And, and so I'm sure that it would still, it would be happening in Cloud City as well. So mm -hmm. I love this idea of Isabella, who's like, obviously, in kind of like attracted to and seduced by this idea of what Boba Fett is, right? I mean, she's never met yeah. him. She just is like, well, if I do meet him, I know things will will open up for me and I'll be the person I, I'm, I'm meant to be somehow. Like mm -hmm. she feels like she's lacking somewhere in her life. And, and all these people, all these other workers, you know, who are running Cloud City, who are making things, you know, run smoothly, are like this, you know, they're, they're ready to, to break down the machine. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so to me, it's really like kind of a story of an awakening for Isabella, mm -hmm. who's like so lured, lured by this idea of what, you know, kind of like what violence can, can buy in a way, and not really seeing that being a fighter really is being a fighter for the people you know yeah fight, fighting with your family which is 
newfound family, you know? And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, so it was kind of really fun to be able to, you know, who doesn't want a general strike? I'm, I'm like, if it's all going to go down, everything's going to go down. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Tear it all down. Why not? <laughs> and I, I do love that about the story because yeah, identity is at the, at the core of your story and many of the other stories too. I think uh, those are the ones that really resonate with me the most is kind of that self-discovery of like, who do I want to be versus who I think I should, who I originally thought I should be. And your idea of who you should be might not always be the correct choice to make. And she does face that choice, you know, by the end of the story. But you mentioned that a common through line throughout your writing is, is social justice. And I was reading some other previous interviews with you and you would ask that, you know, you approach all of your writing too from, you know, lens, the lens of a Puerto Rican, Bronx native and, and Latinx woman. What ways do you feel that those experiences of, of your upbringing and um, your environments really helped you to shape and draw inspiration for uh, Isabella's story? Oh, yeah. Um, that's such a good question. Um, I, you know, I mean, I, could, I guess I, I just think back of being really young and watching this film and just even though Princess Leia was, a, was you know, was white, obviously, but in my mind, I always imagined, you know, a brown girl in there. You know, I imagine them taking the lead, you know, and so then this here was my chance of being able to to write just a character who's maybe at the beginning of this journey. Like I I imagine Isabella, like this is the start of her doing amazing things, courageous things, you know, Um, uh, overwhelmingly amazing. Right. So I was just like, this is the start of her journey. And I love that idea that I could just plant a little seed of that, you know? Mm-hmm. And those are, to me, those are the kind of characters that I love because um, I'm, I have a feeling, and in a lot of ways with Isabella is that she was written off, you know? Like she was like, you know, she's having to do these kind of um, negotiations of like, well, if you put me in touch with Boba Fett, you know, I'll do this favor for you. And, and, and everyone knows, except for Isabella, that Boba Fett's not going to help you. <laughs> like, it's like, what, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> she's, <laughs> but, she's selling herself short, you know? Right. And so there's that feeling of, and this is a very Bronx mentality, is that you, you, people think, oh, the Bronx, you know, they just write it off as a place that's full of poverty and crime and just the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, and, you know, I'm a product of that. And, um, and I know it's a beautiful, magical place. So for Isabella, I needed her to, again, it's like that, uh, the idea of awakening, of seeing your worth, you know, of mm-hmm. being, a brown, of being, being a brown girl in space and seeing that you are worthy of greatness. Yeah. And, and we can go into spoilers too for the story, but I think one thing that really stuck out to me was her initially saying, poverty makes a person hungry, love can only get you so far. Then by the end of the story, she's like, do I choose the life with Boba Fett and having wealth and getting these new jobs or do I choose joy? Mm. It's funny that the character's name is Joy because it's like <laughs> literally embodying a path for her that will be more joyful. <laughs> right, right. And I think this is like that's that's something that everyone goes through. I, and especially now and, and during the times that we're living in. I mean, there's no you know, it's not a coincidence that when I was writing this, these drafts, that there was literally an uprising occurring just two blocks away from my house, Yeah. you know, and that we're in in a pandemic and that, you know, all these things literally does feel like 
dark dark times just like in like in, in empire strikes back so it just felt very almost cosmically uh connected yeah <laughs> i was writing that story at that very moment at that time yeah and, and even joy says that to her you know be part of a real movement definitely struck a chord with a lot of people i think there was a lot of uh, education happening over the summer and mm with all the events that were happening and a lot of people just going like, you know, I've had enough and mm. being a part of something larger than ourselves and joining together to like have this just outpouring of support. And it's just been a wild ride of a year. Right. So yeah. to kind of see that in the Star Wars universe was like, yeah, it struck a chord, a chord with me because we've seen how great it is to rally together and fight against uh, people that try to oppress us and force us to lead a way of life that's that's not that's only good for a few people right and this was something that you know i'm puerto rican and so like a, a summer ago or a year ago was the same thing was happening in puerto rico that they were joining in an uprising to to um have to make sure that their governor resigned because he was he was caught do, doing a lot of terrible things and so mm -hmm. and i watched that you know and i watched like family and and, and friends going to the island and, and and joining that uprising and i was in awe and i that was something that just stayed with me and i always was in my i even wrote an essay about it for the washington post and i was just like this we can do you know this could happen here you know yeah <laughs> that's the island you know that's you know people can do this and so i guess that must have been really just percolated in, in my mind for a while when i was writing this story and it was just amazing that i got to do it um I'm, i feel really lucky yeah <laughs> i was able to it's great seeing isabelia take a, a point in time where she could be opportunistic but then all of a sudden she kind of feels like bantha crap because she knows it's not the right thing, right? It, it, I, the, the phrase that comes to mind is at what cost? And yes. I'm, I'm very happy to see her, you know, choose the right path. I was very, consider me very shocked when she just threw the blaster at the stormtrooper. I was like, whoa, <laughs> I was like, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my thing is like, I love that moment. I think we were talking about uh, fashion um, with one, one, someone else had a, a lot of fashion stuff. And I was just like, I'm, you know, because I, my background was in fashion, I was just like, oh yeah, that's going to be a big deal for her because it, it is literally like a coat of arms in a way. Like, oh, if I wear this uniform, if I dress this certain way, then people will respect me. And it doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's your actions, right? It's your actions. It's what you do. <laughs> Absolutely. One of your other key takeaways, I think, from the story is to never meet your heroes. So, uh, <laughs> Isn't that the truth? I mean, luckily, yeah. I haven't had that happen that many times in my life, but I'm like, yeah, it's never a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> why, do you, why do you think that is? And, and why do you think that was sort of integral to, to Isabella's story? I think it's because we put so much emphasis on people being perfect. And no one is perfect. Everyone has, they all, we all have our flaws. And mm -hmm. so then I'm always weary of like, oh, this person is great. And that, that's just probably my New Yorker attitude too. But I'm just like, I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't trust anyone. But, yeah. but is that mentality of like, everyone wants a person to be completely perfect in every certain way. And then when they fall or they trip, you're just like, oh, there, you know, and I'm like, it's not possible. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Uh, do you think that's a, a common 
thing that we've seen in other parts of Star Wars, because I personally do. I mean, my mind jumps right to Rey meeting Luke, you know, Mm -hmm. in The Last Jedi, because he's not what she expects him to be based on the legends of old. And Mm -hmm. I get where Luke's at. He's a little bit depressed. You know, he's he's drinking (laughs) milk out of a bottle uh, and questionably. And uh, it's kind of one of those instances where it's like, you know, our heroes are valuable and they're they can fail and they can be down in the dumps and they're not perfect. You know, you can't put so much so much expectations on these people that we put on pedestals. But do you see that as being an important concept in in Star Wars, even in that kind of context or others that you've seen? Yeah, I do. I mean, if you look at Rogue One and Diego Luna, like his character, he, you know, he was it was really fascinating for me because he was doing some really questionable things at the beginning. And you're just like, wait, where does he land? You Mm -hmm. know, and it's never that clean. You know, it's never um, I'm a good person. I mean, people are complex. And yeah. they make decisions and they make bad decisions. And sometimes they course correct, you know? <laughs> and so then that's, and that's, honestly, that's what we all do. Like I've, I've messed up many times, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, I, I want to have the opportunity to change. And so that's, that's my thing is with Isabella is that she has this opportunity and it really is that path of which path do you, you choose, you know? And, um, and letting go of that, this idea of like you can control the outcome you know Mm -hmm. there's just there's only connections and we we only have connections and and really that's that's all we have so i don't know to me it was just it was great to be able to play around with that because i don't think anyone is good or bad i mean even darth vader we saw yeah you know we were able to see his origin story and then we were also able to see how he got seduced (laughs) yes yeah even like a kylo ren too right i mean we see how he's preyed upon by by Snoke and how he was pretty pretty gaslighted in a way, you know, and into thinking that he was one way when he really wasn't. Uh, and that's that's always tragic. Yeah, nobody's ever good or bad. It's it's uh it it is more complex than that. And I think that's the that's a really valuable thing I think for you to recognize because I don't think everybody sees it that way. I definitely see it that way, and I always believe in redemption and atonement. Mm. Yes. I think that's a very powerful concept uh, and one that we need to keep reinforcing throughout all of our stories yes (laughs) it does have a very very special power i do i agree i mean i you know i think some people are are unable to change you know or don't they don't want to change but but i feel that a lot of you know there are so many that do you know and Mm -hmm. and and they might be incremental you know little changes so i really you know if i see in isabelia is i see the hope of that of change the hope of 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 what could happen if you if you choose otherwise you know <laughs> yeah and that's a good disclaimer too you know not everybody is gonna fit that rule there are some people out there in our real world who i think will never change unfortunately and uh yeah. you know pisses, off, pisses us off to no end but i want to ask you for for isabella why do you feel it took her a bit to get to this point? Because I get the impression that we start when we start the story, she's been on this path for quite some time because she's been she's been waiting for Boba Fett to show up. How lucky right. she is that the, the the stars have crossed for him to show up <laughs> in Cloud City. Why do you think it's this point in time for her that feels right to think about her choices versus previous points maybe in her life? Mm. I mean, I feel like and and I don't know if you, if you do, but I feel like that sense of there's 
uh, like the world is changing. Like Cloud City was, something was brewing in Cloud City and it was reaching a point, you know? And I felt like that was, that was what was happening with Isabella and with her, her friend, the Agna, everyone, you know, <laughs> things were com like converging to a moment where either it's gonna ex implode or explode, you know, like there was that moment. And so I think that happens all the time in history. There's the moment where everyone's like, well, I have to make a decision, you know, and yeah. And even now, like I think about all the group chats that I'm in with my close <laughs> friends and how I've changed, you know, I've changed my friends. Uh, my friendships have grown even deeper, even though we haven't seen them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. And, right. It's just a different kind of like we've grown deeper and more intimate, even though we're not even seeing each other. So there's mm -hmm. this moment of things, things are converging. And so yes. that's how I feel like with Cloud City, it's right at that moment, like what, what we're feeling now, you know, in our history right now. <laughs> the, the word that jumps to mind is inflection point. Mm. And I do think what really defines somebody is what you do at that inflection point. And I think we've, we've definitely seen that this year. My, my, my good friendships have gotten stronger. The mm. ones I realized uh, weren't worth it have, have, you know, kind of left the table. Right. But it's, it's kind of the reality of, you know, how do people how do people face the realities that we deal with in these crucial inflection points in our history? Yeah, you're so right. It's like, you know, do you want to do you want to believe in science or do you not? And then those kinds of questions we have to ask ourselves. And for Isabella, it was, do I want to do all these rough them up jobs forever or right. do I want to stand for something that actually means literally anything that's important? Right, right. Is that really that moment of growing? It's in a weird way of, of her. I see her as really growing up because I there's this this sense of like, this is what I've been doing. I've been studying all these uh, bounty hunters and, you know, I know inside out and this is the moment. Right. And I just feel like it's like a little kid just collecting trading cards, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> just hoping that, oh, this is going to be it, you know, and I don't know, like it, it just was kind of really fun to be able to play around with this, with that idea, because yeah. it's, it is. It's, and that's the great thing about Star Wars and the great thing about Empire Strikes Back. It's just kind of you watch it and it still can re resonate right now, you know, to yes. what's happening now. <laughs> Absolutely. For you, what was the most challenging and rewarding aspects of writing the story? The challenging part was always... Um, I'm such a, a visual person. So it's really, it's really, whenever I do a project, I always create a Pinterest board and I put a lot of images in there because it, it helps me trying to visualize mm -hmm. things and I do research and, you know, I really get de dig deep into it. And so with, with this short story, I, I, I did have, I, I don't think I had a Pinterest board, but I saved images as many as I could, but it's so, it's not as big. It's not as, you know, it's not like the Millennium Falcon where you could get a map, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it was, there was challenging for me in, in trying to envision where they live and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the little places, you know, it's small spaces that they are living in and, and the idea of taking, you know, a lift, you know, what does that look like? <laughs> you know, all these things of just being it, feeling the, the, the textual of it, like how, what things text, like how does it look and feel? And I was, um, that was a hard part for me, you know, I think. It was fun, but it was also yeah. a little tricky. <laughs> how do you think that 
from a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes Back, being such a huge fan of the movie for so long and having it hold such a close place in your heart, how, how, how do you expect fans to look at this movie differently and what do you think will be some of the bigger takeaways? Because, you know, it can be one of those things where you read it and you don't think about it much more beyond the surface level or it's something that could dramatically change the way you see the film. I think there's different, different paths yeah. you could take, but what do you see as the ultimate impact? What I love about this, about being able to, to uh, be a part of it, is that I get, I get to have these, con- you know, we get to have this, like, the, our stories have a conversation with, a, with like, three or four others who, who wrote in, uh, in Cloud City, you know? And so these, all these stories that are living um, simultaneously or not, but, are, you know, have, like, found life in mm-hmm. this in a, in a in a in a part of a movie where it's not super long drawn out you know like you only get to see you know i mean it's a big part obviously right but it was just like you know there's life outside of those like three spots you know <laughs> and that's really fun to be able to read those stories and you know have an event with them like it was last week and and we were just talking about all the, the mistakes that we all mutually made <laughs> <laughs> and it was just funny like we were like okay it, it's so much fun to be able to have that kind of like oh i'm i'm adding to that conversation so it'll be yes. cool to be able to watch it i'm i'm gonna be reading all the stories and then i'm gonna re-watch it obviously <laughs> yeah i just did that today and it, it hit way different this time <laughs> it did right like that's what i'm waiting yeah. for like i'm sure it's gonna be so different <laughs> <laughs> So to wrap up our interview, I'd love to ask some rapid fire questions, not a pop quiz, but just a way for you to maybe even talk about some things outside of the story or the Empire Strikes Back. So my first question for you is, it might already be the case, you already probably answered it, but um, your favorite Star Wars film, and if it already is Empire Strikes Back, maybe a second or third favorite that, that really sticks with you. Yeah, I mean, my first is Empire Strikes Back, but I rewatched rogue one many times yes (laughs) so it's literally that's those and it makes sense because they both are kind of dark (laughs) (laughs) and you know and it's oh it's one of my favorites i really love that film so much so empire strikes back first obviously but rogue one for sure (laughs) those are in my those are in my top four as well so i'm (laughs) i'm right with you rogue one's incredible uh, it was too good to us, truly. <laughs> I mean, I was crying yeah. at the end, and I was just Same. like, "Oh my goodness, they did this!" You know, <laughs> I was. It was just the shock of it all was just so good. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favorite Star Wars character or characters? Oh, favorite Star Wars character characters. <sighs> I mean, you know, I was always a Princess Leia person, yeah. <laughs> like most, like most everyone, right? I really was. But, you know, and I'm going to shout out to Natalie Portman's fashion. <laughs> yes, yes, we love to see <laughs> it. Right? Because I don't think enough people understand how amazing it was. I, li- I, ha- I got a paper cutouts. I remember when they had yeah. some, they had these paper cutout, you know, not even coloring. They were just cutouts. And I was, it was all fashion <laughs> of, of her fashion <laughs> sense. And I was like, this is, I live for this. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I often feel like when Padme is marketed in things, they usually market her in the way that only shows off like one or two or three of her outfits. But I'm like, she's got like 30 <laughs> outfits at least. I mean, like, at it's least. incredible. <laughs> 
she's definitely I, my favorite outfit of hers is Revenge of the Sith, where she's got the uh, the thing on her head and it's in yes. the shape of a rebellion symbol. I'm like, that is just so deep and meta. I can't even I mean, like it's just it too good. Amazing. Like they really went off on her fashion. And I'm like, I don't yeah. think anyone like that was enough for me. Like, <laughs> I don't care about whatever the story of the story, but it was like fashion. Yeah. Shout out to Trisha Bagar. She's the she's the costume designer in the prequels, and I, I hope she comes back to Star Wars one day because oh she's truly iconic. I know we need more. Like I, I feel like yeah. it, it was a little lacking. I mean, I yeah. get it. We wanted to return to like kind of you know dirty stuff, like the the, <laughs> the Tatooine kind of you know. Yeah, give but us I'm the like... regal wardrobe. You know, all the all the dresses to go to the opera in, and all that stuff. I mean, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a particular favorite Star Wars moment? Um, I think we all have those where we just can't wait to see certain parts or um, anytime we think of Star Wars, it's the first image that that pops into our head. I mean, I think I definitely think it was when they go to the cantina. So my thing is always like if it's like a music or a dance party or (laughs) or a bar where there's a lot of different people all in there then that's yeah. where that's where i want everything to slow down <laughs> so you probably liked canto bite in in the last jedi i did i yeah. love that are you kidding me like it's just i'm all about that i'm like oh what else is happening like what's the bar scene what's the- <laughs> <laughs> i still think like- we need a star wars musical honestly oh it needs to happen goodness. i mean i'm surprised it hasn't happened in tiktok yet <laughs> <laughs> maybe soon maybe we'll manifest it into the into the universe by saying it so let's cross our fingers is there a project in the star wars universe that you're most excited for right now and why well i'm you know we talked about it i'm waiting for diego luna to step out (laughs) i'm really excited that he's gonna come back because i he he blends he's such a good actor and so you know with with mandalorian like he has that helmet on and, you know, and Pedro Pascal is, a, is beautiful, but also he's just, you know, he has a helmet on the whole time. So <laughs> like, but just named Diego, sexiest man alive or one I of mean, them this I'm week. just saying, <laughs> I'm just, even with the helmet on. <laughs> and so then I'm just, I'm really curious to see how, how Diego's uh, new show works out like that to me. It'll be fine. I'm, I'm going to be tuning in for sure. Do you have any hopes for it that, or, or maybe like story points that you hope they, they explore since you're such a big Rogue One, one fan and, and I'm sure you probably have some sort of wishes for it? I mean, I just, I love this. I, I'm all about that kind of that origin stories. I love yeah. those kind of moments because again, it's like that beginning of like, we know the greatness, but right now he might not be that great. <laughs> so I'm excited to see that kind of play out. And and I, I've always, and I always want more, I feel, and this might be lacking a little bit, but I want more family life. Yeah. You know? I hope we see this, that, the story right? behind, I've been in this fight since I was six years old. What does that look yeah. like? Yeah, what does you know? that look like? Exactly. Yeah. Like what kind of training are we talking about for these young kids? So this mm-hmm. is a completely different kind of lifestyle. So I'm super fascinated about that. And I, yeah. I can't wait. Listen, I just saw some footage. I, I, don't know, I don't know where somebody pulled it from, but it was of him inside of what looked like a hotel gym. And he said, a Star Wars. And I just started crying because I was like, <laughs> he is back. <laughs> he's, getting, he's getting in shape. 
He is ready. He's put. He's working out a sweat. This guy is ready to fight the empire, and I'm so excited. I saw that. I saw that because, of course, I think it was uh, uh, Zoraida who posted it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh yes, <laughs> we, 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 I need to get into shape too. <laughs> we all just need the snake on set so we can watch. We can watch the mastermind at work. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's let's have that. <laughs> So my last question for you is, what does Star Wars mean to you? Oh, man. Star Wars means to me, um, it means the possibility. It means like, like magical imagination, the possibility of, of worlds out there. And, you know, and I just, I, I have to share this one thing, which is so funny because I just thought of it. I was crying earlier today because the Arecibo um, Observatory in Puerto Rico is being it's, it's been around for 57 years, you know, it's, it's been used in films and, you know, X-Files episode and it's being shut. It's, it has to be demolished because of uh, damage. And, and I just went to see it two years ago. So this idea of the stars and being able to connect somehow really Star Wars is that, is that begin that, that onset, that little seed of what that might look like. And so I don't know. I'm just overwhelmed that I get to even write a little short story in that universe for someone who just was really desperately looking for stars, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. You know what? <laughs> uh, I think that's a great way to, to put it. And I'm sure the fact that we were able to talk about your, your story for, you know, almost 40 minutes, <laughs> it goes to show that it is, it is deep and it does explore some really, uh, really profound concepts in Star Wars. And that is very exciting to, to now have your voice to tell that tale within, within Star Wars. So Lilium, thank you so much. Again, congratulations on your first star, official Star War. People are, are uh, going to be so excited to continue reading it and exploring it. So, uh, so yeah, my last question for you really is uh, where can people find you online and what do you have coming up that we should be aware of? Uh, thank you so much again for asking me to do this. I really love just speaking about it. I, I'm just such a nerdy person. <laughs> like I, get, I feel like I'm a little kid, like giddy, uh, trying not to be giddy. <laughs> so, Listen, um, I think I know who I need to ask back for my, uh, for my Rogue One podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'm all in. <laughs> um, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm usually, I'm at, at Lilium R and on Instagram, same Lily, at Lilium R. And um, my book, I, you know, I have a book that just came out a couple of months ago. It's called Never Look Back. And it's a retelling of the Greek myth Orpheus and Eurydice, Eurydice set in the Bronx. And um, it's a young adult book. But yeah, awesome. that's what I'm And doing. you have a new uh, Goldie Vance book coming out too. That's one of your, your middle grade novels. Yeah, I do. It's a super cute uh, mystery novel. And it comes out in January, which seems <laughs> like so close. But I don't know. <laughs> we'll never get such here. a weird thing now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> well, lots of exciting stuff for you. So uh, once again, thank you for, for coming on the show. It was such a pleasure. And until next time, may the force be with you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Friends of the Force. Make sure wherever you do listen to leave a five-star written review to help other people come into the Star Wars conversation and our Friends of the Force community. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and you can also help support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash friendsoftheforce. 
Thank you to Anna, Cheryl, Christina, Deborah, Donnie, Elegy, Jessica, Marie Claire, Marvin, Neil, Rachel, Sarah, and T for being proud members of the Friends of the Forest Patreon. That is it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, may the Force be with you always. Friends of the Force is a proud member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. To learn more about our sister shows, find us on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.